there and welcome to this Human Life Podcast. I am Melissa Sanova and this is the companion podcast to the book This Human. We are progressively working our way through the book where I'm reading page by page, telling stories, diving deeper into the content, bringing the content alive. And we are now up to chapter five, which is all about intention, acting with intention in order to create meaningful work. So for those of you who have a copy of the book and you're reading along, we're starting from page 125. If you don't have a copy of the book, that is completely uh, fine. You can listen and get value out of the stuff that we cover anyway hopefully and if you do want to get your hands on a copy you can head over to thishuman.com to look at the various options of getting a copy but you know it's available at all of the normal book selling outlets okay so we usually start each chapter in the book with a bit of a mind map and a flow which sort of acts as a bit of a contents page for what's coming It doesn't translate very well over audio, but I'll give it a crack. So this is on page 126. Inner authority is required for free will. A sense of purpose provides clarity for intention. Free will provides you with energy. Intention gives direction to this energy. And to do impactful work, you need energy. So this is a overview of the topics and concepts that we'll be covering in chapter five. One of the tendencies I have in my practice around human-centered design and leadership is to always connect with the intention that sits behind doing the work in the first place. Sometimes we can get very caught up in the tasks and the process and making sure that things get done on time and the right people are doing the right things and and all of that. And we can lose our connection with what the work is ultimately trying to do and trying to achieve in the first place, which is the intention. All right. And also before I start reading, the other thing that that I find really powerful about being able to um, have a discipline to constantly go back and connect with the intention of the work is that it refreshes yourself but also the team's direction design is a you know an emergent process with alternating deliberately divergent and convergent ways of thinking you know we deliberately turn up the ambiguity and then turn it back down again as we're hunting for the insights and looking for the most uh, suitable design or solution and it can become very easy to lose your way in that so intention becomes a very powerful thread all right page 127 creating work of impact takes energy and as practitioners we need to learn how to manage and monitor our energy having clarity about why you do what you do understanding the direction you're heading in being resilient and having a sense of authority over your work are great starting points for accessing sources of energy. In chapter five, we'll focus on the role your free will, self-confidence, clarity of purpose and intention plays on your ability to work through the tough challenges 
people face today. A clear intention. As an idea progresses, we arrive at the point of doing. We have to actually create the things we have envisioned and communicate. As an idea progresses, we arrive at the point of doing. We have to actually create the thing we have envisioned and communicated and bring it into reality. This takes energy and personal power. It takes a commitment to follow through on what you've said you will do. Human-centered design that seeks meaningful impact requires a very strong will and the ability to keep working through challenges, which will come thick and fast as the work starts to become reality. As other people start interacting with your work, their critique and feedback can be quite direct and specific. Sometimes this might feel personal. There will be times when seemingly insurmountable constraints like regulations, laws, cultural norms and even Mother Nature herself keep stacking up. This is precisely the time to cultivate your inner strength and keep going, no matter what. The word I use when I'm asked to describe an essential quality in designers is grit. Grit is a combination of resilience, determination, humility, persistence, and a great attitude. When we are doing meaningful work, changing the super systems that organize our society, we are going to experience resistance. Not the type of resistance that says, I'm not sure we can afford to implement that with all those features, but the type that says, we'd be crazy to go ahead with this idea. It means everything has to change, including the way we run this entire organization. And there's no one on the planet who knows how to run an organization within this new value system. The people in the systems you are changing want to protect the status quo. So they will resist change at first. When you are actually making a difference, you alter the reality of people with influence. You will need clear intention and buckets of energy, will, and confidence. As your design becomes more tangible, so do the constraints. Reality is like your honing board or a whetstone that shaves little bits off your idea. This can be challenging. Staying connected to why you are designing and your intention will give you the clarity and direction you need to navigate these challenges. A reason that is bigger than yourself is a source of energy that drives you over any hurdle. This energy is a creative energy and your job is to harness it and direct it. This direction comes from intention and the energy is your own free will. I think we need to speak more about the energy and all the concepts I just mentioned, the grit it takes to show up in a system and be the instigator of change within that system. Any person in any organization who can see an alternative to the way that people are organized around work or an alternative to the way that services or products are delivered to customers or a different way of organizing, you know, leadership or the organizational structure, uh, inviting resistance and as the person that holds the idea for what an alternate future might look like, we need to become really good at navigating that resistance and navigating it with the same principles that we hold in our practice of human-centered design and human-centered leadership. 
which is to remember that the source of the resistance is actually from a human being. And they're probably resisting because they are fearful of the alternative or they are unsure of the alternative. And they know how they fit in the current reality and they are clear how they deliver value and add value. And perhaps what you're suggesting, they're, they're not clear on that. And always making sure that we consider the, the human element in any system that we're trying to change is, is just so fundamental. And it feels weird to be talking about it in a podcast that is about human-centered design and human-centered leadership, but it happens so often where we become focused on the tasks at hand and we become you know, perhaps attached to what it is that we're there to do. And then we start perceiving resistance to be just a real pain in our rear. <laughs> we forget that there's a human being on the other side of it. And we're probably best placed to be able to design for that experience of change. Okay. It's a beautiful quote by Anne Nin, which is one of my favorites, which is why it's in the book on page 130. Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. I went to Japan when I was 19, turned 20 while I was over there as a part of my undergraduate studies. And I met some expats, some Americans over there. And one woman was in her 30s and, and she couldn't believe that I'd decided to move countries at that age and, and work in a, this is when I was doing all my brain research in, in a research hospital up in a rural part of Japan on the main island of Honshu called Akita. And I remember that they used to think I was really courageous for doing that. And, and you know, there's a really fine line between um, courage and being naive, I think. <laughs> Because I really, I mean, it was a really difficult year, a year of growth for sure. But also in hindsight, there were so many things that I hadn't considered that I had to deal with after I'd made the decision, after I'd moved over. And I guess, you know, there's still uh, courage in the dealing of those emergent challenges. I'm sure I don't mean to diminish my experience, but it is funny. I think there is a fine line between those two things. Okay. Page 131, Purpose and Intention. You must remain connected with the intention of your work through all its stages. What are you aiming to achieve and enable? This is different from purpose. Purpose is something you continually seek. It is your source of motivation, not something you attain. Intention brings focus to your purpose and helps connect you with the outcomes associated with your chosen way to manifest your vision. Purpose provides you with the motivation to get up in the morning and get excited about your life. And intention is very focused around the work you are going to do and the outcomes and impact it will enable. Remaining connected to your intention provides a constant source of direction and clarity and can guide your synthesis, your design, and your interactions, and of course, your leadership. This example of purpose and intention uh, from my firm shows how they motivate and direct us in our work. Our purpose is to do meaningful work and positively affect humanity. Our intention is to partner with large organisations and help change their value systems to drive more holistic decision-making. 
We intend to alter what it means to be in business from profit making to positive impact. And then another example of purpose and intention in the context of your project work might sound something like, my purpose is to do work that advocates for people in any system to improve their experience of reality. My intention is to create a way for the government to deliberately and meaningfully design better ways of protecting people who are dealing with displacement. So you can see that one is an enduring uh, motivation and the other one is talking specifically towards outcomes that you're trying to achieve. This is the way that we distinguish um, purpose and intention within the context of the huddle thinking framework as well, which I refer to often. Okay, page 132. Connecting to intention. For meaning to be created, we need a clear pathway to guide it. Otherwise, we might see nonsensical patterns and build very convincing cases around them. Because our form of work is often emergent, we need to rely on our skills of observation, recording and sense-making. It is particularly important to connect with the intention of your work during research and synthesis. You need to give your thinking an orientation so your sense-making remains relevant to your design context. This doesn't mean you analyse towards a certain objective that would defeat the purpose of emergent learning and insight. Instead, reconnect with why you were doing the research in the first place. What outcome does this research seek to inform? This provides you with direction in your, in your search and excavation. There is a trap, however. You don't want the intention to be so clearly defined you end up finding evidence for a solution that has already been prescribed. Unfortunately, this can happen. You need to have a clear intention to guide your sense-making, but without being so specific that you miss things that could take your findings in more meaningful direction. As your work progresses, you will probably learn something that changes your intention, and this is okay, as long as there is a good reason for it, and you are still meeting the needs of the people you are helping in the first place. So I can't, oh my gosh, I could talk forever on this but the so many times in moments of analysis and synthesis when you've especially when you've done a, a you know large body of research and there's lots of data to work through and correlate and group and map out and, and all of that sort of stuff especially you know the minds of people who are drawn to human-centered design and design research Typically, they're, they're systems thinkers and they can see connections between multiple things. And of course, this can take them into all sorts of different directions, which is exactly what we want to encourage in the early phases of the design process. But people can sort of stay there for, for too long. And sometimes I, I uh, visualize the connection to a sense of intention sits behind the work and clear outcomes it's, it's almost like a like a lifeline you know a a rope in you know the deep waters that you can cling to and and find your way back to the surface because it is like deep diving sometimes when you're sitting in synthesis and you're in a room and the walls are plastered with post-its or however you um, do the process of analysis and synthesis and you can get lost in the deep waters of data and having this sense of intention and the outcomes that you're ultimately in service of can help draw you back to the right questions to be asking of the data set. So although sometimes people think that 
things like purpose and intention and outcomes the way that we talk about them are, you know, too high level or don't perhaps have, you know, pragmatic applications. I think that they do. And, you know, the example that I just gave is, is, is I guess, evidence for that. Okay. Integration and transformation. When you are sense-making, what you are actually doing is integrating and transforming data. Sense-making doesn't just occur at the early research phases of human-centered design. It happens throughout your work and has many different inputs. You integrate the data into patterns to tell a more coherent story about what you've observed in the research and then you transform that data into information and eventually you turn your findings into insight. This takes energy. When you are in the throes of synthesis, you can feel drained and fatigued by the end of the day, even if you spent most of it staring at a wall of sticky notes. The amount of connecting, discarding, rearranging, challenging, remembering, deciphering and mental high-fiving that your brain does is incomprehensible. On the facing page, I've got a quote here saying having a clear intention is energy giving energy giving through its direction i think that it provides integration happens on many levels not only externally turning findings into insights but also internally in fact this is an essential skill to develop if you want to become a great at this work i don't mind if people make mistakes in fact i encourage people to make more interesting mistakes as they go the caveat is they also need to be rapid and complete integrators they learn from their mistakes and they integrate that knowledge internally as wisdom this ensures the same mistakes don't keep happening we learn from making more and more interesting mistakes i will uh, stop reading there that's page 134 i think the other thing that i'll say about intention as i um, wrap up this sort of episode is having a clear intention that sits behind your work also provides you with a very clear pathway to be able to communicate about your work to you know a diverse group of stakeholders Later on, we're going to be talking about the connected narrative and how to talk about your work in a really powerful way. And one of the uh, key pieces of the puzzle is to be able to clearly articulate the intention of the work and not just the details of the work itself. So I will leave it there. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the This Human community There's a whole bunch of stuff for you to go and explore on thishuman.com. And uh, if you're looking for ways to uh, engage with me directly, if you're looking for some coaching or you're interested in the Deep Leadership Program, head over to melissanova.com and uh, there's a free masterclass there waiting for you. So you just need to register and then there's an hour of content that I've created for your consumption i hope you have a brilliant whatever is in front of you day evening week and uh, i'll uh, be with you next time thanks for listening bye